Hi guys, thank you. Take your seats. Awesome to be with you on this beautiful, relatively wind-free day. Awesome, isn't it? Uh, it's good to be alive. Amen? <laughs> Great. We're talking about the series being anchored in hope. And my message is entitled, Keeping Hope Alive by Having a Different Spirit. So we're going to talk, look at what it, what it looks like to have a different spirit. You know why this is such a good series? Because without faith, we won't finish strong. And we all want to finish strong. Amen. We want to leave that deathbed uh, in victory. Do you know that countless books have been written, sermons preached about faith? They, they are everywhere. But we don't talk enough about hope. And the reason why this series is so important is that there's a deep sense of hopelessness in our world. And we want to change that uh, in the name of Jesus. Um, to understand um, faith and hope, we need to know that the two are together. I would say faith is the umbrella and hope is that part of faith that relates to the future. Okay, everything in the future is what we hope for. And of course, we know that Jesus said, I've come that thou might have life and have it abundantly. In other words, I come that you might have eternal life and abundant life. So I want you to hope for, for God's blessing uh, and, God's, and God's touching in your life and your family. Hope is a confident expectation, whoa, that God is currently in my future. We can never forget that God is eternal and that He lives outside of time and that He has always been in our future. There was never a moment when His footprints were not there. Your future in a month's time is not going to come to God with a surprise. Oh my word, I've got so many problems in the world. How am I going to sort this out? He's always been there. And what is your future? It's a place where God is going to fulfill His promises. It's a place where God works all things together for your good. Whoa, come on. And it's a place where God rewards your faithfulness and your hope. It's a place of reward. Amen. Come on, I want you to receive it. The Bible talks about rewards in so many different places. So the um, scripture that God gave me for the series, and we would have done it in, in, in view group, Psalm 27, 13 to 14. This is King David. I remain confident. Yes, his circumstances were terrible. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart and wait. Some people just feel, well, life's such a mess. It's so chaotic. You know, all I've got left is to hope for eternity. I wish I was never born, but I guess one day when I get wings in heaven, it's gonna be better. Nonsense. David says, I'm hoping for the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Our topic today is keeping hope alive. You see, you can have your faith built up in this service. I thought the worship was awesome, don't you? You can, you can have this crazy view group experience. 
You can have a quiet time that sets you up. But you know what? If your faith is not matched by an abiding, resilient hope, your faith dribbles away and your life becomes up and down where one week you're on fire, two weeks later, you're dead pan. So we, we, we want to fix that uh, and we want to learn how to guard our spirit of hope. Amen. So we're going to be looking at the Israelites. God had set them free from Egypt. They were in the wilderness and they were en route to the promised land. But you need to know it took between one and two years. They, they don't know the exact date for all their hope to dribble away. What God had given them was everything they needed to enter the promised land. Credible miracles of the Red Sea. I mean, that must have been amazing. Walking through with a mountain of sea on, on every side. Manna from heaven. God fed them every day. He gave them water from the rock. They had the, the pillar of day and the fire by night leading them. God gave them His covenant. He entered into a covenant with them. Um, they had the Ark of the Covenant. He gave them the Ten Commandments. And then all of that was tested. The day God said, I want you to send 12 spies to come back with a report and then I want you to cross over. Um, but you know what? It was that desert experience that they didn't handle. And I want to quote my scripture and that I'm using as a key for keeping hope alive. And I'm, I'm strongly encouraging you to write it down and read it and even learn it. And um, it, it's David. He was in a desperate place. Um, his son Absalom uh, had usurped him. Um, he had to flee for his life. He was a refugee. And this is what he says. And I'm reading it from the voice translation. Okay. Um, let's read from verse 14. But I will keep hope alive. I want you to make that declaration. I will keep hope alive. <clears throat> and my praise to you will grow exponentially. Now that's, that's a goal. That's a vision. I will bear witness to your merciful acts. He actually had a vision of a victorious future. And throughout the day, I will speak of all the ways you deliver. I'm going to be positive. Although I admit I do not know the entirety of either. Guys, life is a mystery. God is a mystery. And if you're a person that wants everything to, to fit into a box and you, I need to understand everything, you're going to be frustrated. There are aspects of your life that remain a mystery. He says, I will come with stories of your great acts. My Lord, the eternal. I love the way the voice calls God the eternal because it always speaks to me about God living outside of time, that my future has always been in His knowledge. He says, I will remind them of your justice, only yours. I love to talk about God's justice, how He rectifies injustice. So today, what I'm gonna be doing, I'm gonna talk about the life of Caleb. He was one of the 12 spies. Remember, one leader, always a leader, a good leader was chosen from each of the 12 tribes to go into the land of Canaan and to bring a report back of the towns, the cities, the, the mountains and the valleys, the fortifications, the armies, um, and also particularly the produce and the fruitfulness of the land. The 12 guys 
saw exactly the same thing. They saw the massive grapes. They saw the land flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that a beautiful poetic description? Oh my hat, if you love poetry, uh, just that description gives you a rich picture. However, their perspective was filtered by what was in their heart. Their spirits, in your spirit being, you will filter everything you hear on the TV or see on the TV, everything you hear on Cape Talk Radio or whatever it is, everything you read on social media, every conversation you have at work and at home is filtered. <clears throat> 10 of the spies stopped at the first obstacle. And you know what's so interesting? That first obstacle was the mountain city of Hebron. It was walled, it was fortified, and giant people lived there. They called them giants. They were bigger than average. Obviously, if you're as short as me, um, a lot of people are giants. Um, we followed the Springbok rugby team overseas once, and I stood next to Victor Matfield. Oh, my hat. I don't know if I came up to his belly button. Um, so, yes. But these people were giants. Interesting enough, that stirred something in Caleb. He said, I want the whole country. He said, that's going to be the area that I want to conquer, the area of difficulty. But how many of us are filled with faith and hope until the first big obstacle, until the first big challenge, until we get to the first mountain? And you know what they said? Anybody who trusts Olivia is going to be devoured by the people. No mention is made of God. His purpose, His power, His promise and protection. There was no God can. We're starting a God can series. God can do it. And I have been strongly challenged by this message. How many times do we end up in a situation and the first thing we do is not bring God into the middle. We're looking at all the, the factors and all the challenges and all the problems. And that's what they did. Caleb and Joshua were totally different. They had the opposite perspective. They saw the land as an incredible gift from God. They could trust God. The Israelites, they said, would devour the people, not the other way around. They emphasized the purpose of God. It was a gift and the power of God to keep His promise and protect them. As a nation, two million people rejected their declaration. Let me read it to you. Oh man, this is so stirring. The land that we saw was extraordinary. It's some of the best land ever. It's funny how God can give us such a great gift and we just say, yeah, thanks. We don't appreciate what God has given us. Stop the moaning and wailing. Guys, when we moan and wail, it means we don't appreciate. We don't appreciate what God has for us. If all we do is right in the eyes of the Lord, the eternal will bring us into the land and make it ours. Do not rebel like this against the eternal. Don't be afraid of the land's inhabitants. It is we who will devour them. They are now defenseless and nothing can protect them from the eternal who is with us. Guys, what a perspective. You might have enemies at work. You might have people in the family that are against you. But you know, when your heart's right and your spirit's right, they're defenseless. But guys, that's a perspective you have to grab hold of. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. But the rest of the Israelites were not convinced. Enraged, the crowd moved to stone 
Joshua and Caleb. You know what, in God's mind, there was something different about these two men. And God called it a different spirit. I want to tell you as Christians, our greatest witness is our different spirit. If we have the same spirit as everybody in our family who are not Christians, if it's the same as everybody at work, if public opinion is the same as our opinion, Guys, there's so much that you and I are going to miss out and we're definitely not going to keep our hope alive. Um, Let me read Numbers 14, 24 to 25. Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. You see, God didn't look at his physical appearance. He didn't look at his personality. Guys, you don't have to have an A-type personality. It's not about personality. It's not about pedigree or education or even gifting has a different spirit, follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Do you want your kids, your family to inherit the blessing of God? We have to have a different spirit. Then verse 25, guys, this is such a sad scripture, but I'm gonna explain it more later. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys, God is saying, there's an enemy that you don't trust me to defeat. Comma, turn back tomorrow and set out towards the desert along the route to the Red Sea. God said you have to go back from where you came from. I wanna ask you, how many of us have given our lives and our hearts to Christ, but we've lost faith, we've lost hope, and we actually find ourselves going back into the desert. So what can you and I learn from Caleb in 2023? And I'm gonna... I'm gonna give you five points um, from his life. And I wanna encourage you to take hold of these points. Firstly, guys, the thing that God revealed to me at the beginning of this year is always starting from the point of view of God's big picture. God has a massive vision He wants to reveal to us. Because God is the God of the universe and He's creating universes every day, we have to understand there is always a big picture. I mean, Christ dying on the cross, what a big picture. The return of Christ to fetch the church, the return of Jesus to rule. The great white judgment, it's a huge picture. Every human being will be judged. A new heaven and a new earth where there'll be no tears and no more sorrow. There's a big picture. Do you know God has a big picture for you and your family, for this church? Guys, this, this is not random. This is not a random service. There's a big picture for our city. Over the years, uh, so many unrelated people have shared a vision that God has given for this area. But you know, we have to be willing to open our spirits and say, God, give me that picture. Then I will evaluate my challenges and my problems and my crises against that big picture. I believe God gave Caleb, a picture of the conquest of Hebron, defeating the giants. You know what? Jesus said it later. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That's the spirit of Caleb. That's a different spirit. When you say it's impossible, you have the world's spirit, I'm afraid. We need to say, sorry, God, because with you, I know, I know, I know that you are an immense God 
and with you, nothing is impossible. I believe that Caleb understood the vast immensity of the God he served. So he was like a possibility, no, a probability thinker. Guys, I'm not talking about new age stuff. I'm talking about the Scripture. I'm talking about God. What made the difference was that he realised God's promises are made in eternity. No man can change those promises. That your, your circumstances may get worse and worse. It doesn't change the fact that God has the power to fulfil His promises. Come on. Amen. You know what I believe he did? I believe as he wandered in the desert and he looked out and saw Mount Hebron in the distance, he said to his kids, that's our inheritance. We're going to take it one day. I wonder, do you have that daily sense of God's big picture of vision? Let me put it this way. If we're willing to reject the million to one spirit of the world, remember two million people, they're saying with women, kids, all the rest, two million people walked away from the promised land and there was two. So that takes, makes it a million to one. You know what, as a Christian, you can struggle with a million to one. There's a million people that, that don't trust God and believe in Him. Are you willing to say, you know what? I'm, pre- I'm prepared to be that exception. I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna believe in Him. I'm gonna have my faith stirred, my hope stirred. Amen. Awesome. Thus, I'm sensing the presence of God. I want you to take this because this is the Word of God. It's not my thinking. It's not my ideas. It's the Word of God. You know what will happen? You will have a different spirit and it'll flow out of you like a river of life. We will have to have 10 services because you're gonna impact this community with a river of life because you have a different spirit. Amen. I love that scripture, Lamentations 3. How many times have I had to turn to it in time of need? And this is when the people of Israel were in the depths of despair in Babylon. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. You know that every morning you can fail badly the day before. You can fight with your wife. You can scream at your husband. You can kick the dog. You can give the kids a hard time. You can sulk in your boss's office. All these things we do from time to time, yes? But you know what? The next morning, His mercies are fresh. You can be re-envisioned. You can be stirred up with the vision that God wants to accomplish, how God wants to use you. Your faith can grow again. Are you happy you came this morning? First point. Open your spirit to God's revelation. Then hold on to it. God gives you a promise. Hold on to it because it came to you from God. Secondly, let's move on. Practice spiritual optimism. Guys, we have to practice it. You don't don't necessarily just suddenly become optimistic. As we've seen, 10 out of 12 spies, 2 million to 2 people were pessimistic. It's so easy to be pessimistic. You know what? You're just feeling grumpy. You just, it's almost like a toothache. You want to just grind on it and feel the pain. So you talk about Eskim and whatever it is, and you, you just get you worked up. And somehow you're hoping the pessimism will make a change. No, circumstances may be tough, but we can choose to practice divine optimism. Not, not some kind of positive thinking. 
In Psalm 71, David declared that he would grow in praise exponentially. He says, my praise to you will grow exponentially. You know why? Because when we praise God, there's blessing and reward. Then there's more praise and more blessing and reward and more praise. He says, my praise will grow exponentially. Come on, somebody needs to hear that this morning. Exponentially. I will bear witness to your merciful acts. He said, you know what? When your praise grows, you can't separate praise from God just doing one amazing thing after another. So there's praise and there's acts of deliverance. There's stories, all that kind of stuff. Come on, don't you want to live a life where you're seeing the miraculous power of God operating? Oh, please, Lord, give us a fresh vision. You see, when you practice optimism, you choose to see glass half full. I choose. I look at that glass. It's half full and God's going to fill it. You know what? When, when Elijah saw a cloud the size of a man's hand, he could have said, Phew, that's proof no rain's coming. What a miserable, tiny little cloud. And it may as well not exist. He ran. God gave him an, a supernatural strength. There's a tiny cloud. There's a tiny cloud. I see the blessing. Guys, that's biblical. It's scriptural. It's in the Bible. You see, God's promise are formed in eternity and will surely come to pass. So we need to let God retrain our brain because your brain has a default setting that is pessimistic. Just all gonna come to pass. We're just gonna, we're all gonna end up blown up by the Russians or whatever, I don't know. You know what, by the grace of God, I will never forget the many prophetic words God has given about this community. I remember nearly 30 years ago, can you believe it? I was young and I was pounding the beaches. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Um, and I had this vision. I stopped to catch my breath. Amazing what happens when you stop to catch your breath. This vision of this revival in cities, in, in towns along the West Coast um, and Malmesbury. And then a week later, I found a pastor from another church, completely, not in our area, had exactly the same vision on the same day. You know, I'm thinking about that. There's a reason for that. And I want to tell you something. This is the table view is the best place to be. Oh, yes. You can emigrate and then you're going to miss out on the blessing. Come on, there's a reason you're here. Phew. Okay, so you say, Graham, yes. Okay, so I need to become optimistic. Guys, the praise is the momentum builder. It's the praise, genuine praise. So I want you to remember that. But then there's another point. So, okay, Graham, we need to be optimistic. I need to retrain my brain. I need to get my heart right. Um, uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, fine. <clears throat> I need to praise. I need to, I need to testify. <clears throat> Just remember that the best evangelism comes from you sharing your dynamic optimism. You can sit down and say, let me read you the Scriptures. Man is appointed once to die and after the judgment. You'd realize you're gonna be judged. Or you can tell them what God's done for you. I promise you, the world needs Jesus. They need 
your optimism, your divine, your divine optimism in God and what He's gonna do in the future. But guys, this is so important. You've got to pray and live with a spirit of expectancy, not presumption and inflexible expectations. You know what happens? We don't have a great prayer life, so we presume God's gonna look after us. Then we have an accident at 11 in the morning and we think, where's God? Why didn't He protect me? You know, the Lord's prayer gives us a plan. Deliver us from the evil one. When last did you pray that? So oh, we're under attack. But you just presumed. My dad used to say, faith is not presumption. Faith, we come to God with our prayers. We, we commit our family. Don't just presume your kids are going to serve God. So, well, we brought them to church. Went to kids' church. I wonder what's happened to the youth leader. Didn't, didn't get my kids going. No! You trust God. You expect God to bless your kids, that they'll be the head and not the tail. And you know what? Inflexible expectations. You, a person with expectations is a frustrated individual. You are a, you are a cross bunny. Because it doesn't happen the way you expect it. Hello? Do you know that that trip to the promised land was an 11 day walk? I must say 11 day walk, still not for some of you, 11 days of walking could be tough. Two weeks, let's give it two weeks. They, ex- they presumed the people would just leave. So okay, fine, these lights have come. I just bake some bread, honey, and just put fresh bread in a pot of coffee. We're just gonna move. They didn't expect to fight giants. So you know what? They just dumped their hope. And we dump our hope because I, I'm expecting my husband. I expect him to be Jesus. Yes, I know he's not God, but he should be Jesus. My wife needs to be an angel. What? She's a sinner saved by grace. Said that. What? 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 Yeah, but he's so different to me. Yes, God brings opposites together to complement each other. So get over yourself. Come on, can I have an amen? <laughs> You're gonna lose faith. Oh, I didn't expect marriage was going to be like this. Well, I wouldn't expect I'd have to fight for it. I'm fighting giants in my home. My husband's a giant. No, no. <laughs> the reason Joshua and Caleb survived and thrived was because they lived every day with optimistic expectancy. Yes, it took 45 years, but they never stopped being expectant. Amen. It's so important, trusting the powerful, purpose-driven God with a plan. God has a plan. The devil says to you, no, he doesn't have a plan. If he has one, you're not part of it. Shame, you're a victim. Cannot be a Christian and a victim. You're either, your life's in God's hand, subject to his plan. Okay, awesome, let's move on. Thirdly, position yourself around godly, Positive, encouraging, and visionary friends. Think of a table with four legs. Godly. Positive. Believe Manchester United will win the Premier League. That's being positive. (laughs) Encouraging and visionary. I believe that we need to reinvent our view groups. One word, encouragement. Another word, miracles. I ran a group, I remember, I ran groups over the years in, in spurts. We trusted God for miracles. We saw them every week. Guys would get off an aeroplane at quarter to nine and come to view group just to get 10 minutes. 
because there was an environment of encouragement. Guys, we need to create a friendship circle where we encourage one another. Remember, you become like the company you keep. Guys, never underestimate the power of healthy, positive, hope-inducing friendships as opposed to the fickle, cynical, negative crowd represented by public opinion. Never allow your spirit to be damaged by public opinion. Now, this is an important part of, remember the third one is friendships. The right friendships. Be prepared to start small. If that's all you can do. Maybe it's you and your wife, your husband. Start a view group. Can I tell you, listen to this. Two million negative people who were judged and died in the wilderness. Only two. Do you know that between the two of them, they started a friendship group. 40 years later, a whole nation of faithful, hopeful people that said, we will obey you. Guys, what a vision. Their vision. They said, we will start this. We will teach. We will model. We will represent. We will proclaim. We will give the vision. Two of them started it. They were the only two. Guys, I've got such a vision. Oh, my hat for this church. I just see view groups everywhere. Loving God, loving people, inviting friends, praying for the sick. I remember one, one view group night. Uh, we had a visiting, uh, a visiting uh, yeah, guy in the group from another church. He had a, miracle, he had a gift of healing. These, I tell you what, when the person sitting across the lounge from you is instantly healed, whoa. It was like, whoa. I'm healed. Guys, we need more of that. Guys, come on. We're serving a great God. Don't allow public opinion to determine your spirit. Whoa. Is God not good? This, guys, this is a word in season for every single one of us. Guys, you know the next generation, they devoted themselves to the next generation. Are you devoted to the next generation? Do you stop and greet teenagers or do you run from them? Our, ho- our house was open. We never dared replace furniture. So many kids were in our house because we believed in the next generation. For those of you that have the gifting, serve in the kids' church. Serve the front on our program. When it comes to, to holiday club, give. Come on, it's awesome, awesome. So that's three great points. Fourth point, guys, this might be the most important. Be willing to go through a season of preparation, a preparation of your Christian character, resilience and patience. Let me tell you what happened to Caleb. He's faithful, vision-filled. But you know what? God made him go back with the people who had sinned. He could not, at the prime of his life, at the age of 40, experience the realisation of that vision because other people sinned. You know what happened to Joseph? His brothers were evil. He was sold into slavery. You know what happened to David? The king was jealous and he became a refugee for years. He went from cave to cave for years. And I wanna tell you, there's one thing that destroys our hope when we have a sense of being a victim because of other people's sin. You know what? My spouse chose to walk out of our marriage and not look after the children. 
corruption. We have so many people suffer today because of war. There are several wars in the world, not just Ukraine. People suffer from gender-based violence. They're suffering. But Caleb and Joshua chose to suffer with those that have sinned. Because you know what? It, was, it wasn't about them. And I want to tell you, there are people who are moving churches. That I remember we had this incredible revival next door. We were next door in the 90s. Then God said to me, this is now a season where you need to develop, settle down and reach the lost. And so that incredible vibe, we had, we had two-hour services. Stop. So I remember a guy saying, oh, you know what? I'm leaving. I remember I was down the path here. He said, because the Holy Spirit's moved to another church. No, 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 it was a different season. You can be a person, you can leave your job. You're always, you, you, you know that, because when you're a visionary and when you're optimistic, you're surrounded by pessimistic people. You're surrounded by non-visionaries. So more visionaries die in their spirit than anyone else. Has God put a vision in your heart? You say, Graham, I'm just feeling uncomfortable here. I just need a... And I tell you what, I've seen them over the years walk away. But I've followed. I've never seen them enjoy the blessing. I'm not saying you must never leave a church. It's better to be sent than went. Okay. So is that a point? Are you willing to be prepared? Let God prepare you. Because in due season, what did James 1.12 say? God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they receive the crown of life that God has promised you. Last point. Can I, so we still got a last point. Woo, very quickly. Never retire or semi-retire. Your hope will become vulnerable. You have to be on the cutting edge, even if you're 95 or 85. Yes, I'm up. If you're 90, it could look a bit different to when you were 40. But you know what? All of us Christians are under pressure. We're juggling balls. We get tired. You know one of the reasons we get tired? We don't look after ourselves physically. We don't exercise. We don't eat well. Put on a little bit of weight. We get exhausted. We get tired. The kids, we're taking the kids out, the kids there. And you know what? Our emotional tanks, our spiritual emotional tanks become drained. Because your inflow is not greater than your outflow. So you start to step back. You say, I'm just taking a season off. I want to tell you, churches are full. Few groups are full of leaders who step back and now years later, they're not using their gifts. Those people become the moaners and complainers. I've been in the ministry. I became a leader in 1968. That's a few years back. Okay, I was a teenager. I've, that, I've never seen it any different. You cannot semi-retire. You cannot be a 40-year-old and you've given up on ministry and you've done your bit. It's such a mistake. It's such a mistake. Your hope will become vulnerable. You'll find yourself not finishing strong. Sign up at the least to do a view group. Guys, if you're retired, you can have a rocking morning group. There's a, there's a group in Mount Boss. They rock. Some of them were in my view group two decades ago. Became leaders. Guys, are you hearing me? Five points. A willingness to lay down your personal dreams and nurture the revelation God has given you for the future of your family, the city, the nation. 
than living according to that big picture. Practice spiritual optimism through praise, testimony, and expectancy. Cultivate positive, encouraging, visionary friends. Submit to God's season of preparation. Never retire or semi-retire. Is that a word for somebody here? Don't retire. Don't retire. Be retreaded. Okay. We, if I, I know we don't have time. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to read the last Scripture. Come on. Help me, Jesus. This is an 85-year-old guy. He doesn't even have a walking stick yet. Joshua 14. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as He promised for all of these 45 years since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today, I'm 85. I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will, you will remember that as a scout, we found the descendants of Anak living in the great old towns. But if the Lord is with me, I'll drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. So Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his portion. Come on, let's stand. Come on, God, give us the hill country. Maybe that's your family. Maybe your family needs Jesus. It's your hill country. The giants in your family, in your workplace, in your business. Guys, in your ministry, come on. Come on, stir. Let the Holy Spirit stir you up this morning. Come on. Amen. Be willing to declare the praises and promises. Let me pray. I'm going to pray. If you want to raise your hands, my hands are raised. God, bring us out together. We are church. Lord, and I pray a blessing, Lord, on this congregation, just as Joshua prayed a blessing on Caleb. Lord, bless them uh, in their home. Lord, in their coming and their going and their business and their jobs, but particularly their ministry, their ministry to their neighbours, to the people in the city and this town. God, stir up a brand new vision. Lord, I pray in the season of, of desert wandering, Lord, they would understand that your purpose has never changed. It's not about how good or bad they are. Lord, if we look to you, if we find forgiveness on a daily basis, if we, we know your mercies are fresh every day, God, I pray that every one of us will finish strong in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Keep your heads bowed. One last prayer. <laughs> Amen. There are some of you here that you know you're not right with God. I want to give you that chance to whisper in your spirit, saying, God, I want a different spirit. I'm sorry. That's all you got to say. Can we just stand still? Be still for 10 seconds. Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That's all. Lord, I give my life to you afresh or maybe for the first time. You don't have to join the church. You don't have to walk on broken glass. Just speak to God. Will you do that? And if that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, Graham, this is an important day for me. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm giving my life back to Him. Tired of running my life on my own and I'm giving it to God. Is there anyone? Just raise your hand high, put it down, saying, Today is my day of salvation. God, I thank you for this time that we've had together. Bless us, be with us, continue to invigorate us in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen.